नमस्ते इन वन ऑफ अर मैसेजेस द मदर सेज दैट ईच अवतार कम्स टू एड वन मोर रंग इन द लैडर ऑफ कॉन्शियसनेस वी मे से लैडर ऑफ इवोल्यूशन एंड देन सी सेज बट मैन हैव ए टेंडेंसी टू डेफाई द अवतार्स ऑफ द पास्ट इन अपोजिशन टू द अवतार्स ऑफ द फ्यूचर एंड देन सी सेज दैट नाउ शुरबिंदो दिस इज हैपन टू ऑल द पास्ट अवतार्स एंड नाउ दैट शुरबिंदो हैज कम हीज मैसेज मीट्स द सेम रेजिस्टेंस as of those who have preceded before him but tomorrow will prove the truth of his purpose and his work will be done now this how does this relate with this prayer of may 18 1914 here we'll have a glimpse of the avataric work of mother and we'll also have a glimpse how she went beyond the rishis of the upanishads and i'm saying this very very uh, honestly with all my Uh, humility and knowing uh, when mother came and told shirobindo about some of her experiences and uh, then he says that you have gone beyond the rishis of the upanishads and it's very difficult for traditional mindset to understand what it means but when we read it here uh, not between the lines not through the lines not behind the lines but the light that emerges from there we'll see it very clearly especially if one has read through the vedantic literature thoroughly then one sees that what she is really describing and experiencing and commanding us is something far greater and very simply without ado about this philosophy that system she is doing it in a very simple way and let's start the prayer may 18th 1914 thou art the sole reality o lord this is ekamevidvitya but this reality is it only up above or everything gets its reality because of that that's the whole proposition in the life divine that the world is real because brahman is real it has emerged from that so so you know we'll see that its practical implication thou art the sole reality o lord thou art omnipotence and eternity so of course these are he is shashwat he is uh, we can't even use the word forever because forever is still in relation to time there is a, a timeless state and there is the eternal which is there is a difference between the two there is an endless time also where time keeps stretching endlessly and he is the eternal now the difference is eternal is the one who sets the rhythms of time into motion so brahman extending himself becomes space and brahman when it moves gati jagatyam jagat he becomes or it becomes if you want to put it or i prefer to put she becomes time the motions of time so thou art the sole reality o lord so he is reality he is also lord this several time we'll see this lord and if you see shurbindo one of his chapters in the life divine how beautifully he describes brahman maya urusha prakriti ishwara shakti these are the three statuses on which we discover the one so as purusha and prakriti is about the individual soul the self the atma as brahman and maya it is the cosmic being who is being described and the reality which is and the the spirit and all that that moves within it and when the ishwara is the transcendent he is a being he is not just a state of consciousness and that's logical because uh many people have this problem with the word lord because it they start thinking in terms of god and a personal god uh, 
पर्सनल और इम्पर्सनल द फैक्ट इज इफ देर इज ए परफेक्ट कॉन्शियसनेस इट इज कॉन्शियसनेस सो ऑब्वियसली इट इज अवेयर ऑफ इट सेल्फ सो बाई इट्स वेरी नेचर इट इज अ बींग यू कांट हैव परफेक्ट कॉन्शियसनेस एंड येट से इट इज नॉट ए बींग इट इज जस्ट ए यू नो इम्पर्सनल स्टेट एंड बिकॉज ऑल क्वालिटीज डिराइव फ्रॉम दैट बींग देर फॉर इज ए बींग ऑफ इन्फिनिट क्वालिटीज but that is not the subject of this prayer she is addressing the lord as sole reality o lord thou art omnipotence and eternity and he who is united with thee in the depths of his being becomes thy reality in its eternal and immutable omnipotence so he who becomes one with the divine in that lord he is the ishwara with all the powers and omnipotence and the sign is that he becomes one with the divine completely so completely that he shares the eternal and immutable omnipotence not even shares it becomes that inevitably it does not mean that he will do arbitrary miracles god does not do that god is omnipotent but it doesn't mean he answers every prayer and he is like a wolf wish fulfilling for that there is kalpavraksha and its places in heaven not i mean people expect that somebody who has become one with the divine will do all kinds of miracles god himself does not do but he does the miracle which none can do he doesn't say ki okay i ask a house and he gives a house i ask my son for iit and he gets you selected but he does such a miracle that nobody can do he in a seed he puts a tree in a human thought he sets in motion a vibration which can lead this thought to a doors of eternal that's what the divine does that's worthy of the divine for all other things there are gods and goddesses there are plenty of them and all kinds of vital forces so she says he becomes in its eternal he becomes thy reality in its eternal and immutable omnipotence and then she uses a very interesting uh, phrase half a phrase but for others Now, who are the others who have not yet become oh, that implies all of us <laughs> so, <laughs> becoming the lord in all is immutable is your vindhan the mother let's put it like that so what is the command for us but for others the command is even while remaining in contact with thee to turn their eyes and activity towards the earth such is the mission thou hast given them So you see, I was I started with the prelude that he went. She went beyond the yoga of the Upanishads. Of course, Sri Aurobindo also went. But but look at it. This one single sentence or phrase. So there is a phrase in the Isha Upanishad which is one of the. I mean, it is the best if you ask me. Though many people have tried to remove it from the canons of the Upanishads because it speaks of things which a typical Maya vadi illusionist advaita cannot accept. and one such phrase is kurvan neve he karmani jiji visheshatangsama doing verily works in the world you must wish to live a hundred years now this verse has been interpreted by the illusionist vedantist which includes shankaracharya in this way that what it means is you have to do the work till you unite with the divine and after that many paths will say you have to do just continue with the works as a shesh karma till you die there are certain karmic knots to be resolved so you are exhausting the karmas 
एंड ए थर्ड पर्पज इज वेल यू कैन रिमेन इन द वर्ल्ड बी लाइक ए गाइड बट अदरवाइज नथिंग एल्स रिक्वायर्ड यू आर ए फ्री पर्सन एंड दिस इज ए फोर्थ थिंग विच इज बीन ट्रेडिशनली एक्सेप्टेड दैट वॉट काइंड ऑफ कर्माज विल यू डू वेल रिलीजियस कर्मास लाइक यू कैन डू वर्कस ऑफ सेक्रीफाइस दिस ऑफकोर्स इज द क्रूडेस्ट इंटरप्रिटेशन एवरी डे यू से डू होमा मिट्स ए कर्मा एंड फॉर दैट यू हैव टू गेट रेडी यू हैव टू ईट योर फूड टू सस्टेन योर सेल्फ एंड पी विल गो टू एन एक्सट्रीम दैट यू हैव टू बी ए बुक शू सो दैट यू डोंट डू एनी कर्मा टू अर्न योर सेल्फ सो ऑल काइंड ऑफ थिंग्स हैव बीन सेंटर्ड अराउंड दिस इल्यूजनिस्ट आइडिया सो वन ऑफ दैम बींग दैट वर्क आर नेसेसरी ओनली इन ए प्रिपरेटरी वे टू यूनाइट विद द डिवाइन If we read only this sentence, it may seem that perhaps maybe mother is speaking of that, but for others the command is even while remaining in contact with thee to turn their eyes and activity towards the earth. Such is the mission thou hast given them. But this is not. This will be half reading, because she is saying while remaining in contact with him, he is not identified. but he is in contact with the divine so what is she saying so beautifully remember and offer keep the divine in the heart and continue to do the work rather she is giving the command turn towards the earth don't withdraw into some inner castle of samadhi and sanyas she is just like those great ones she is giving the command turn to earth that is the path you have to take so then what happens after identification what do we do now comes this here begins the difficulty for everything depends upon the perfection of the various states of their being and even after attaining the sublime identification so she knows that human beings will say okay basically she is saying turn toward the earth like karmi yoga so this is where she is giving the essence of the yoga of the gita yoga of the gita differentiates itself from the traditional path of gyana and bhakti by you continue doing works in the world by remaining in contact with the divine and you arrive at jivan mukta this is where the grand um, you know um, command of the gita that you wake up arjun take the bow and arrow shoot but keep remembering me but fight the great battle of life so what happens when you are identified with the divine as well as when you are continuing the work so what is that work she is saying perfection of the states of being what are the states of being we have physical vital mental and all the layers in between they have to be perfected prepared to receive the divine she is not yet saying that but she'll come to that so this is the work which you have to do one when you are before contact before identification even after identification but there is obviously a difference that's why she is qualifying and shurbindu was asked about uh, this uh, she several letters one of them he says there is the ordinary karma yoga of the gita where you do the works to simply discover the divine find the divine and through service through devotion through offering consecration so this is the ordinary karma yoga of the gita where you are doing works as a sacrifice as a nishkam karma yagyaarth lok sangraharth for the march of civilization not for any selfish motive and as we do that progressively the not the bondage the bondage is of the vital and mental and physical but gita primarily releases us from the vital and mental bondages why because vital bondages the sting of desire mental bondage the not of the ego 
but the real bondage is with matter and its uh, you know deep rooted subconscious thing from which it is emerged so she says what they have to do everything depends even after attaining the sublime identification they must still work at perfecting the instrument which will manifest thy divine will now you see comes the challenge one is perfection of the states of consciousness second is the instruments instruments means everything upon earth the last point of instrumentation is matter matter is the original condition for the divine manifestation that's how shivananda puts it that's how matter has been brought out out of himself spirit and matter so that's of course the subtlest matter and then it becomes what it is today and we have that beautiful chapter in the life divine ascending series of substance not of matter matter shubhendra describes all this in great detail so then we have to perfect the instrument now this comes there comes the difficulty now what are these instrument everything in human being there is the brain and the thought the inner instrument is the mind antah karan the outer instrument the senses must become perfect they must transmit the pure vibration right now they distort mother says very beautifully how they distort the moment we perceive something or someone <laughs> already our limbic system and the emotional being is already playing so it suddenly adds a tag pleasant unpleasant then the mind puts a tag good bad so what happens by the time we receive it enters into the complete cognition and perception it is distorted so our response is also distorted that's why equanimity is important as a fundamental basis otherwise we can never see truth we'll always react to surface events surface phenomena because instrumental nature is that and same beautiful essay of shirbindo the delight of works he speaks about it first know thyself as the instrument then as the worker then as the master these three levels he speaks of so the instrument why because you can't manifest divine will without the instrument she speaks about this also in one of the conversation the double perfection she says there is the lower perfection where you are working with the instrument that's why we see physical education why because the by lower end at the lower end by beings available to us you are making the instrument as supple and strong to bear this is by already the means that are available to us by the agency of the mind by the vital by physical methods by whatever methods are given available today we make the instrument supple and strong but this is a higher perfection where we engage with the higher states of being and the two have to be brought together let's take an example if we have to learn elementary music so you don't need a master teacher you just need a little bit swargan swargyan and surka gyan and you can learn after that you can give nice songs maybe you know go to indian idol or some other and perform well and you know it's because you have learned that much instrument is ready but supposing one learns nad brahm from shiva oh you can't express it if the instruments are not ready it's okay one can do tandav nat of the ordinary human kind but shiva's tandav is not just about the steps it about that bhava 
how do you bring that ability in the instrument to contain that bhav which shiva has when he is doing tandav without that bhav you cannot do that's what you know how mother explained to um, i think it was sahanadi what is the bhav of radha when she is dancing before standing before the lord she must bring that bhav and the instrument has to adapt to that otherwise if the bhava is not there there is a good dance but nothing special if the bhava is there and the instrument is not ready we may have the bhav but instrument is not capable so at both ends we have to work so she speaks about must still work at perfecting the instrument which will manifest the divine will see she has already gone beyond the upanishad she has gone beyond the gita actually the gita doesn't speak about perfecting the instrument not that she krishna didn't know but the time was not ready but the gita gives a cryptic hint in half a phrase and that phrase is yogaha karmashu kaushalam yoga is skill in works and shubhendra describes it beautifully he says because when your mind is quiet your vital is quiet when your being is surrendered to the divine then in fact all action comes from above it just uses the instrumental personality so it is perfect it is skill skill from that it's not skill which you get trained and develop that's why the gita insists on swadharma because when you do an action which is consistent with your swadharma then it's no more work but play that line in savitri where shubhendra describes the glory and fall of life the greater world of life which he wants to bring down he says there all work was play and play the only work so you know if you take it literally <laughs> all work was play and play the only work so everything was play of the divine and its unfolding success failure all these go in the background in the truest sense so one has to perfect the instrument this is the work it's, this is nowhere there in any of the yogic literature available till date saying this with all responsibility not perfection there is this talk about patanjali yoga sutra asana why because the body must attain a good health and should be able to remain free of diseases as well as not become restless so asan and pranayam is a preliminary to en- enter into meditation if you look at the entire uh, codification of patanjali that's how it is perfection of the instrument is not about its human possibilities reaching its acme but what is the divine possibility of an instrument and that's where the challenge lies can a highest mantra be manifested through speech that is perfection perfection is not learning the right intonation and everything about all the mantras that are available that is human perfection where one learns them perfectly all that is available but perfection implies in this sense receiving the mantra from the highest sphere and adapting the speech so that that mantra expresses itself any language it could be french english spanish of course sanskrit any language hindi any tamil because now the instrument adapts whatever is your language it adapts to that so here comes the difficult task this is where the task becomes arduous that's why this yoga is a challenging yoga because it's not a world shunning yoga it's not even just a world accepting yoga 
वर्ल्ड शनिंग योगा एसेटिक्स आई ऑलवेज फील दे सेल्फिश पीपल एंड पर्सनली आई हैव दिस डिस्टेस्ट दिस माई पर्सनल थिंग एसेटिक मूवमेंट्स दैट्स वाई वेन पीपल डोनेट मनी आई से वाई आर यू डूइंग दिस दिस मैन वॉन्ट्स टू विदड्रॉ फ्रॉम द वर्ल्ड लेट इम विदड्रॉ पीसफुली एंड क्वाइटली वाई आर यू डोनेटिंग मनी टू स्प्रेड ए फिलोसफी विच इज गोइंग टू रूइन अ होल सिविलाइजेशन Ascetic is our after his own salvation. Please, he can go. It doesn't matter. He can be in a monastery or away from a monastery. That's his business. But to preach to the world the gospel of illusionism, and then you know, you earn and you remain inside and withdraw from the world. So that is world shunning asceticism. This is the lowest. Then there is a world accepting yoga, which of course we see in the Gita, the Upanishads, and that's what created a mighty civilization. but this is not even that world shunning nor world accepting only but world transforming which is a different thing world accepting means i accept the world and while working i arrive at a state of jivan mukta question of transformation is out because there are the three gunas satva rajas tamas the instrument are framed by nature they are limitations but inwardly i can arrive at a state where i am free so that is world accepting yoga but this is the world transforming yoga where the instrument must be transformed at one place the mother speaks about it very beautifully i think it's 56 conversation that there is a integral yoga and an integral powerful integral yoga if so integral yoga is where as you are you just uh, offer it and you unite in all the different layers with the divine mental consciousness vital physical and the divine does what can be done an integral powerful yoga is where you develop the capacities of the being and then offer it to the divine or simultaneously offer it to the divine so there was long back somebody who here itself i had just come and i met a person you just casually you know everybody is a great <laughs> being so i just curiously asked what were you doing He said that I was going to do my graduation in history. Then I met somebody, uh, whatever, connected from here, and he said, "What is the point of doing it? You have to find the divine." Now you see, great truth, but gives a twist. He said, "I left it and came." I said, "What a pity! Your instrument would have been so much more capable." When mother was asked, "Why should we study?" she said, "To develop the mind muscles." she didn't say everybody should study that's a different thing altogether but if we study it is to develop and that is why reading shurbindo i have never understood this logic i am doing the yoga i don't need to read madhuran shurbindo because they are difficult precisely that's why we should read it because they are difficult difficult means my mind is not receptive right now it is blocked closed when i read them there are two effects which will happen three effects one i will enter into contact with shurvind and the mother's consciousness what can be more beautiful directly through the work we can enter provided we don't get lost in the dictionary <laughs> and second effect is that when we read slowly we will the opening and receptivity will come towards them when mother was asked how to become receptive to you one of the things she said reading or rather the person asked Uh, if i read your works will it help in opening mother said yes same thing shurbindo said and the third 
right now we cannot understand anything because the mind is not ready particularly because it's filled with stock ideas stock ideas especially this is the problem of the indian psyche so well tuned but it falls back upon the wonderful superstructure of civilization so it become very difficult for us to move ahead sometimes of course this is a wonderful background to have if you take it rightly but we must know that in india each avatar brings something new that becomes a challenge so everybody ultimately says what vedanta is this as i was saying the other day shubhendra has used the word realistic vedanta where do you find this term yatharthvadi vedanta <laughs> so yes he is saying you have to turn to the instrument to make it perfect that's where the difficulty comes now you see how the mother is looking at the instrument it's a wonderful lesson in humility her paintings were displayed in the louvre and if if you can if i may say um which people do not know that in music it is she who has brought a completely new music for the earth people don't realize its value because she was not the kind say oh see i have discovered a new music please hear me and i you will feel so nice nothing she left it to us to discover neither eastern nor western and yet you can find notes there but when you hear the music it's something amazing she has given names marching in search of the soul quiet power concentration aspiration in the physical there was a time three series i would put that music and do exercises every day ekisi ke bahane something will happen through this music and it's so amazing that music you cannot you know put in any slot that mother was done this and many other things education system this itself is a grand grand experiment she is the one who gave such wonderful ideas golkund shobindu said it's the mothers yoga in the material world many many things and what is she saying occultism philosophy she didn't even care to keep those volumes of the cosmic review where she used to write very you know a philosophy which is of the highest kind all that she came and she offered to shirbindo or rather completely they were gone because now something new has to come so she writes this is where the task becomes arduous everything seems to me mediocre insufficient neutral almost inert in the present instrument which thou makest me call myself this was one of the things she told shirbindo when she came one was that what is this trance that they speak about <laughs> i have never experienced it and shirbindo says nor have i i you see if you just quote this much it can create a great misunderstanding <laughs> then he clarified he said you have gone beyond the rishis of the upanishads two places he says this one is here and he, he says that basically what they call as trance is when you withdraw from the surface consciousness and you experience that state within but she has experienced it while waking all the four aspects of the brahman and this is the truth they bring out in the live divine that's how they reconcile everything that if the divine can experience transcendent and the cosmic and the individual realities simultaneously the inmost the inner and the outer so can man by becoming one with the divine 
that is the logic is that realization so that he says that well you have gone beyond you are able to experience that while waking another place where he says this is uh, since we are at it when she write that prayer i think it is 26th november while she is in japan she experiences the body being seized and she goes further and further and ultimately she sees the earth uniting with the supreme and shubhendra says traditional interpretations of the vedic yoga they will not accept this possibility but is there in the vedas as a root she is not use the word because she is she is not into that literature like a clean slate she started as a positivist only what you can touch see hear feel that is true <laughs> so he says that modern yogis will not even accept that as a possibility and then she said second thing why everything in me is very mediocre and shubhendra says it is a good thing why he says because you have to excel in one thing by specializing and specializing means a focused concentration on one part it's at the expense of other parts so you'll see people who are very highly uh, scholarly i won't use the word intellectual they are not synonymous an intellectual has a free intelligence he is not tied to all the formulas of books or this or that true intellectual is one who has a free intelligence and a universal intelligence so but scholarly you see the heart becomes so dry you just wonder you have to strain yourself you want to listen to an academic discussion is very good for sleeping some sleeping pills one of them is listen to a highly scholarly academic discussion you won't have to you can get rid of sleeping pills after some time you'll doze off <laughs> because and then shubhendra will look so simple and beautiful because it's not of that category we are expecting that probably that he will write according to this vedantic view according to nothing there are no such references only in the beginning you will see one quotation from either the gita the upanishad or the vedas but otherwise all you know all flows so freely so beautifully so free universal intelligence still consciousness completely receiving from the supramental infinities the absolute wisdom pouring through word and speech <laughs> this is shubhendra's writings so the instrument has to be capable of adapting to it it's not easy it can create you know there can be errors either which way and the instrument was so perfect there were people who great people who noted this could be a you know error transmission error and shurvinda is transmitting <laughs> so mother has scolded we know how she said not even a comma has to be changed in shurvinda so here comes this and why everything is mediocre so sometimes being a jack of all trade has its own advantage because then you are growing in a many sided way and the more i am united with thee the more do i realize the mediocrity of its faculties and its manifestation amazing naturally if you are just learning some abc of music from some musician he'll encourage you and say oh so nice and you will feel very good are wah but if shiva comes to teach you 
you had it <laughs> because you suddenly realize you have received the knowledge from the shiva but your body your feet your even is damru you cannot capture that note it is so see damru is a very interesting instrument unlike tabla and others you are just shaking your hand and what a perfection there is you are supposed to bring out all the notes how is it done so this is where you you have this instrument not being ready the more you unite with the divine the more we realize it's not ready to manifest the further we are from the divine the more we are puffed up ah i am an instrument but <laughs> the more you come in contact you see my god how far this is from what can be so many uh, inadequacy sleep for example the brain gets fatigued beyond a point the heart is not able to stretch so all these situations in life i take them as exercises your brain stretches when you reach your window the brain is getting its right kind of exercise stretching becoming wide plastic strong otherwise sometimes we lose the thread you have to go back what was your window saying but then you develop that all rounded consciousness the heart through all the challenges of life emotional the heart is getting exercise it's a gymnasium vital many kinds of you know aspects which will come in choices lures attractions so it it's wonderful these are all exercises and the more i am united with thee the more do i realize the mediocrity of its faculties and its manifestation everything in it seems to me an incorrigible approximation it is like coming close and yet it is not able to pierce one particular step see this incorrigible approximation is that it comes to a point beyond which the instrument must perfectly adapt to the higher consciousness and that breakthrough you see how shurbindo's instrument how i mean look at it that how he was able to keep awake and that's what i feel sometimes you just see this aspect you will you know for sure that he is god only can do it once he passingly wrote this to one of the disciples that if you see the way i am doing correspondence the even the heart of a hard rock like disciple will <laughs> soften and you will understand just if you see what this is being done through the body look at the brain of shirbindo i mean what kind of brain this must be just the bodily instrument i am speaking of look at shirbindo's hands coming straight on the typewriter 64 pages of arya every month how was he doing it what kind of instrument it must be look at his feet why was he walking for 8 hours because all that is receiving feet are the sign of the inconscient that tends to you know offer resistance so i people try to imitate shurbindo by shutting themselves into a room i tell them do that later just walk for 2 hours continuously every day <laughs> we'll talk about what kind of instrument that he took 1 kg of opium just to make sure that he can digest every poison he had to take much more bitter poison of the whole world just the instrument part what that instrument must have been what it must have undergone of course we cannot imagine the mother at 70 see at 
she is she left tennis when she came here and then at 70 she picks up again by the time we say okay i i mean we have played enough and it's okay so this is where we see that how she trains speaks about training the instrument and that's why here we see that there is so much emphasis on physical education and all round development inner thing anyway she will do if you are open and have the right inner attitude but for the outer thing both are required the human being must do his own little bit and then there is the divine consciousness which flows and if that cannot disturb me in any way everything in it seems to me an incorrigible approximation and if that cannot disturb me in any way because naturally one may feel oh sometimes why this instrumental nature is not ready i am again and again overtaken by desire surprised by lust fears all these things come in so how to really handle that why it can disappoint anybody human nature is prone to that now she comes and gives a remedy and if that cannot disturb me in any way it is because the true self is lying at thy feet true self is the individual soul lying at the divine feet or nestling in thy heart or conscious with the eternal and immutable consciousness look at that threefold realization true self is lying at your feet or it is nestling in your heart it is living within the divine in the divine or it has become one fully conscious of the immutable consciousness which is the brahman so she is simultaneously aware the individual soul is in the divine and the true self is surrendered at the feet of the divine and she as herself is fully conscious of the eternal and immutable consciousness and looks at the whole manifestation with a smile it is simultaneous it is not one or the other that's why we cannot understand the divine that that's what should be the causes the logic of the infinite is different from the logic of the finite logic of the finite is either this or that you cannot be blue and gray and green at the same time though nature itself contradicts it all of them is present in the white but okay it may be present in the white but in manifestation it's not possible but if you were to experience the world from the point of view of the white light it will say i am present in everything so that is the challenge that we have that you know we get lost here or we are absorbed in the trance and we create a division between world and god but how god experiences the world he doesn't say while experiencing the world or acting in it that, oh i am not yet not god now he is the divine and he is also this so this and that the mother says that the new age that we are entering in this is the age not either or not this or that and then she says but this and that simultaneous so there is the simultaneous experience so on one side she is looking at the instrument sees it's mediocre she is working towards it then inwardly she is nestling in the heart and then 
and looks at the whole manifestation with a smile of patient and understanding benevolence. She's simultaneously seeing from that height and smiles as to a child of patient. Be patient. It takes time. She asks us to be patient. And before we can become candidates of supramental patience because it is going to take time, we can read, make a program of reading Shurabindu and the mother completely in this life. Patience is required for this. Yeah, very simple program. One of the best preparations. It doesn't require a lifetime. <laughs> but still at least, if one reads it with full order, five years, maybe maximum ten years, if you include agenda also. So, the sooner we start, the better it is. It doesn't take long. All the works. At least make a reading. So, she says it looks at the whole manifestation with a smile of patient and understanding benevolence. Look at the difference. How she has chosen the words. Benevolence is like you understand. This is what it is. But when you add understanding, it adds a different flavor. Benevolence is when a child has done an error and you say, Bacha hai. You know, we used to have but look at it, like it understands simultaneously that you are a child. At the same time, you will grow into a man. You know where the error is coming from and you know how to rectify it. So look at the uh, beauty. Sometimes with one word, Mother and Shubhinda give a whole lot of meanings. How I understood this understanding benevolences when in India, sometimes I think it's everywhere, but in India I know. When children sometimes say, uh, words with a little you know what is called totline like it's not a stammer but it's not exactly the for instance for pani they'll say pala pali pali something like that and parents find it very cute oh so cute this is benevolence but the other is pali pani you are you understand but you are also simultaneously Rectifying the movement in a nice way. One of the things which I used to advise to parents that yes, it's very enjoyable. But if they say Pali and you will give water, you are fixing this word <laughs> in the mind. Where you understand that yes, the child, but he has to also pick up this, of course, as an aside, parenting skills. So, when he learns and say it beautifully, happily, what is that which is would be understanding without benevolence? He said, this is not how you speak. No. You understand. Take the joy of it. At the same time, you bring out the deeper possibility. That's what compassion is incidentally. There's the difference between kindness and compassion. Compassion knows the true cause of suffering and leans down to heal it. That's compassion. Kindness is look at this person. He is shivering in cold. Let me give some blanket. That's kindness. Good. But compassion knows that even in this man, there is a wisdom that operates. How this very thing can become an occasion for the great journey and the great discovery. So, we'll just read this prayer fully again, then we'll stop. May 18th, 1914 Thou art the sole reality, O Lord. Thou art omnipotence and eternity. And he who is united with thee in the depths of his being, 
becomes thy reality in its eternal and immutable omnipotence. But for others, the command is, even while remaining in contact with thee, to turn their eyes and activity towards the earth. Such is the mission thou hast given them. So without losing contact. It's not just doing work. Remaining in contact with the divine and then turning towards the earth. What we have to do through this work, here begins the difficulty. It's not just the outer work, but the perfection of the instruments. Here begins the, begins the difficulty for everything depends upon the perfection of the various states of their being and even after attaining the sublime identification, they must still work at perfecting the instrument which will manifest thy divine will. So the work is twofold, perfecting the states of consciousness as well as perfecting the instrument. This is the mission of action upon earth. And through this divine work is done, automatically, inevitably, then we don't have to worry. But if we take these three things together, contact with the divine, perfection of our inner states, perfection of the instrument, then we don't have to worry, what is the work you want me to do? Whatever one does will become the divine work. Sarva Karmani Everything seems to me, this is where the task becomes adverse. Everything seems to me mediocre, insufficient, neutral, almost inert in the present instrument which thou makest me call myself. So, open to the divine will to manifest it, but is the instrument ready? And the more I am united with thee, the more do I realize the mediocrity of its faculties and its manifestations. It's very amazing. Every work that the mother gives, she gives everything necessary to make it perfect. I know instances like that, one of them, Chandradeepji, he was given the task of sorting out the letters. It's, you know, looks like commonplace thing. You know, and the letter he put come to him, he would just sort out. He doesn't need to look at the letter. He would know for whom it is there. He'll keep putting in the slots. Then she speaks about uh, in the granary and, you know, in the dining room. The, the hand should be so perfect that you don't have to measure whatever you want. Say you want to take out 10 grams. Put your hand and take out. Not with tatolna. You take out. You don't have to grow up, estimate by the mind. And it should be exactly that. And mother says that these are things which can be developed. So that means there is consciousness in the hands. It's not about what's the big deal. Yes, it is a deal. <laughs> Because you are developing consciousness in the hands. So any work she gives actually, it becomes a means for developing that instrument. And all work involves the brain, involves the heart. There is no work which is done in isolation. Everything is, comes together. Of course it involves the body, the vital, everything. And the more I am united with thee, the more do I realize the mediocrity of its faculties and its manifestation. Everything in it seems to me an incorrigible approximation. And if that cannot disturb me in any way, it is because the true self is lying at thy feet or nestling in thy heart or conscious with thy eternal and immutable consciousness and looks at the whole manifestation 
with a smile of patience and understanding benevolence.